Hello, everybody listening to the Fair Weather Podcast. It's your boy 2K Suave. I'm here with my boy A-Rod. Um, he got a picture of me behind him. It's kind of weird. <laughs> I'm going to be staring at myself this whole episode. I usually do that on the camera looking at my box, but now I'm about to be looking at your box to look at myself. <laughs> so... Man, I mean, birthday boy, doing the show with the birthday boy. So it's a, it's a day behind, but it's KK's birthday month, so we're gonna keep the we're gonna keep the party rolling. So might as well have him as my background today. I guess so, but it's not about me. You know, we're here for for the for the sports and stuff and the entertainment, and that's what we're here for, man. But I do appreciate all the love, man. <laughs> yeah, man. So um, so yeah, today's episode we're at episode twenty one, and we're gonna be covering uh, NFL schedule that's out. Uh, we'll just give our little takes on it, some of the key games, the two London games that we get to see. We'll discuss that, takeaways from those. Uh, Tim Tebow, he's got a job again. Tebow mania is back. Yeah, so we'll discuss that. We'll discuss our feelings, players' feelings. Uh, what does this initially mean for football with the Tim Tebow signing when he hasn't played in 10 years? Uh, and will he make that team? Uh, then we'll discuss the MLB uh, decline and we have some proof of it with all these no hitters that are going on people just it's easy to throw a no hitter now <laughs> yeah it's, it's like a video game out here you can just go out there and just whiff everybody if you want because nobody's being patient uh and attacking the plate like they should so we'll discuss that um and how can we make baseball more appealing uh and then because mr j cole decided he wanted to throw in his name to be a new uh face of african basketball Shout out uh, to my dog. <laughs> yeah, so so we decided to make our top five, uh, starting five of, you know, I guess artists, hybrids, whatever you want to put in there. Yeah, well, yeah whatever you want to call it, we're going to call it we'll, that. <laughs> we'll discuss that. That'll be our little fun segment at the very end of the show. So let's go ahead and dive on into things. Week one NFL schedules are out. Um, All the schedules are have been leaked by now. Yeah. So I mean, by the time you see, by, by the time y'all are watching and listening to this, we all know the full schedules, but yeah. Yeah. Peyton Manning just leaked the uh, Broncos one. So they're having, they're, everybody's having fun with it. Leaking yeah. the schedules. Uh, I sent KK one today that showed the Jets one and it said top classified on it and, and it had the right teams on it, just not in the right order. So obviously wasn't right. Uh, but I mean, looking at my, my team, uh, there's a lot of question marks everywhere and, I told KK there's a solid one win as long as as long as Deshaun Watson's not playing, there's a solid at least one win there. Um, he says maybe five, but who knows? Who knows who comes out to play this this year for the Jets? I like five, I like five for you guys. <coughs> five five is comfortable. That's that'll be three game improvement. Yeah, it, it would be a three game improvement. And I said, and I got us going like seven or eight. So that would be a three or four game improvement for us too. So you know, it's not. It's not like it's bad. <laughs> yeah. Steady. Yeah. So what games that you see on this list are, are the most appealing ones to you? Well, we kick it off with uh, week one. Uh, I would say that one for me. Um, so, wait, for, for my team or in general? In general. In general. Whatever is intriguing to you. I mean, we can talk about, like, for everybody, and then you can just say which one's intriguing. Because my week one matchup is interesting for me because you know how I feel about Mr. Sam Darnold. So, 
Oh yeah, you got your little Carolina day. I'll let you. I'll let you get to that. But I want to see. Uh, I want to see how Dak Prescott comes back against Tom Brady. Um, you know, this is gonna be one of those games in which I'm a diehard Bucks fan, cheering for the demise of the Cowboys. Whom at this point in my life, they they're the reason why I got Devontae Smith. So I'm not even. I don't even hate him like I used to hate him two weeks ago. It's a different kind of hate now, but you know, it's like okay. I hate the Giants more now. That's that's where I'm at. Um, so I want to see. I just want to see how the Bucks do now that they have expectation, um, and then kind of, and then I want to see how Dak's looking when he gets back. Um, all signs right now look like it looks like Aaron Rodgers is still going to be a Packer, probably. Uh, they figured out something. I don't know. They they're going to offer him the team plane, all the money in the world, investment opportunities, whatever he wants. <laughs> All the cheese, all the cheese in Green Bay, man. They said cheese curds, cheese doodles, whatever. They have it all for them. So in the event that Aaron Rodgers is still going to be there, um, another week one matchup, that Saints versus Packers game, we're going to see how the Saints – no one knows how good the Saints – I mean, we're so used to the Saints being, like, pretty good because Drew Brees has been there for the last 15, what, 15 years, right? Yeah, and so we're so used to it, like okay, you know, the Saints will probably win nine, ten games, nine, ten games, and then it became 11, 12 games, and then thirteen. So now we got famous Jameis or Taysom Hill be playing quarterback week one. We don't know yet. Uh, Green Bay is has had a weird, crazy off season, so we don't know what these two teams are going to look like week one. So I'm I'm intrigued to see who's taking snap at quarterback week one for the uh, Saints. And who's taking snap a quarterback for the Packers week one as well? Because who really knows? So at this point, at this point, that game, Buffalo and Kansas City has a uh, a rematch. Um, and so does Cleveland and Kansas City. Uh, so I want to see how with this new look offensive line that Kansas City has, uh, I want to see if they're gonna be able to kind of just run it back again and run it back again. Uh, yeah. and then finally, my biggest one. Is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers versus the New England Patriots? I gotta see what what Bill Belichick, I'm your father, and Tom Brady. I want to see what that duel is gonna look like, what that chess match is gonna look like, because uh, we know the Patriots are not gonna have back to back bad years. So uh, uh, that's gonna be exciting to see. Yeah, I mean, for the show we were doing just week one, so I guess the whole rosters are out now. Oh, we just. Yeah, my bad. I got them. I got all these games. Uh, I already all the primetime games are available. I mean, I just looked at some of the schedules and uh, those are the games that stand out. But I do, I do think that that uh, that Tom Brady versus the Patriots one is probably going to be the most one of the most watched games out there, uh, as long as everybody's healthy and you know it's not like a uh, a shit show for one of those organizations during the season. Who do you think be, that's going to be week four? Who do you think is going to be starting, Cam or uh, or Mac Jones? Cam, Cam will be starting. Be Mac, Jones, Mac Jones is not going to be touching the ball this year at all. That I hope not. I, I want my dog Cam to like you know prove himself that look, I, I still got it. I do too, and um, I think uh, it's going to be a good matchup because Bill Bill definitely made that team a lot better drafting, putting together the necessary free <clears throat> free agency needed getting the type of players that Cam Newton would excel with, which is our tight ends. He definitely excels better with the tight end than a, yeah. than a monster receiver. Cause Cam's never really had a monster receiver. So get him the extra blocking, get him the hands that can catch and get you 15 yards 
you know, occasional 40, 50 if they can get in the open. But that's a that's a good uh, pickup for Bill. And Cam has, you know, played the Bucks a lot. So he kind of knows what he's going up against when he goes against goes into Tampa Bay. Correct. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be a good match. Um, Fun fact, me and Cam got the same birthday. Just putting it out there. So, Cam, I that's all. I should have put Cam as my background on the other side. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Cam, Cam would have been way better to put this instead of me. <laughs> um, I think that that Chiefs one too against the uh, Browns is going to be good week one too because we get to see a stack renewed, uh, put to uh, or a brand new old line that they're going to have there in Cleveland going up a brand new defensive line. Uh, I mean, a brand, and, I mean a, a, a brand new defense in general. That's a lot of new guys on that look, defense. It's going to be a good game. It could be like one of those shootouts we get to see again. Yeah. Uh, that they did. They did that in college, right? The shootout game. 685 yards, yeah. like 703 yards. I'm like, what the hell then, is this? Big 12 football year, at its finest. And then last year, they did the same thing too, pretty much. So it'll be um, it'll be a definitely interesting game to watch. Uh, week one, definitely. The first game, kick it off on Thursday with the Cowboys. Like, I'm, I'm dying to see what Dak is going to do. Yeah. Uh, he's making a lot of money, and I'm proud he's making that money. Uh, my opinions of Dak doesn't change because of the money. I always want him to get paid, but yeah. I do want to see him excel, and I don't want to see him fall into the trap that, oh, he got paid, and he's he just sucked after that because his heart wasn't in it. Did you see that top 10 list of uh, top paid athletes of, of 20, what, 20, was it from May to? It was for the last 10 years. For the last, Dak, Dak Prescott, how? Yeah, <laughs> I want to know. I think he's won like, one playoff game. And he's a top five paid athlete. Subway commercials and those. Campbell's soup. Those Tempur-Pedic <laughs> commercials and all that he's doing, man. I'm like, damn, Cam. It's because he plays. But this is what people say, like. They want to play for like a, a team. You play for the Cowboys. You play for the Yankees. You play for the Lakers. Automatically, your stock just goes through the roof just because you play for these certain teams. So, yeah. you know, kudos to him. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna let you know. It's money. I let him get his money. It's not, you know, it's whatever. Yeah, man. I mean, it's it's great that he's gonna be back and he's gonna be playing. And I think that's what that team needed because him and Zeke need each other. Zeke Zeke plays well when Dak is on the field. Zeke is Zeke is on his way to falling out, bro. I don't know. I feel like he doesn't care anymore. <laughs> I just feel like this is my opinion on the Cowboys really quick. They're one of those teams that everybody thinks like football, you can just put everything on one player and expect to win it because of the one player that you have. Like Miles Garrett is not going to carry that entire defense by himself, even though I'm pretty sure he could. He definitely can't wear a suit because we saw him read out that 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 draft pick from Cleveland, he was about to bust out that suit. God yeah, bless yeah. that suit. He probably had to return that thing, man. But I mean, no one player can do everything. So if Dak goes down and you expect Zeke to rush the ball and do everything all the time, like you're just you're just basically depleting your running back at this point. And he's not gonna have any wear and tear for however far you go into the future. So I I get all that, but I mean Zeke is also a head case. He's just so. he's just lost his step. Like I I, obviously, as an Eagles fan, I, I watch a lot of Cowboys games and a lot of Giants games. Some watch the football team, but not as much. But I like to study my opponent. So I watch the Cowboys a lot. And I've been watching him since Ohio State. So as a Michigan fan, I've been dealing with Zeke for a long time now, unfortunately. But, but uh, I've literally, I've seen it just every year is like a steady decline in, in his play. He doesn't have that burst, that pop no more. It's He's still, obviously, he's still a great running back. He just, he's not what he came into the league as anymore. I feel like 
he once he got his his paper, just like Le'Veon Bell when he got paid, they kind of just as a running back, you you just waiting for that big contract, and then you yeah. kind of, you know, depending on the kind of player you are. I, I agree with you on that, but and I also agree with what you said. I think it was a couple week quick a couple weeks back. You said sometimes it's just a quarterback that you need, and I think that's what he really needs is his Too friend sure. back on the field with him and someone that can he can relate to. That we were both drafted in the same draft class. We both were in running for rookie of the year when I think Zeke should have won it, but Dak won it because he's a quarterback. He's a quarterback. <laughs> but I mean, I, I think Zeke. I don't want to write Zeke off yet. This will be the year that I can say I'm I'm going to write him off. If so, but. I think he's got a lot left in the tank, and I think the Cowboys got a lot to prove. But the one game I'm watching first week of football, the one game I'm watching. Be excited. <laughs> man, I've never wanted to root against my team so much. You're going to be rooting for Sam? Bro, I don't really care who wins, to be honest with you. <laughs> I really don't. I want my team to win. I really do. I want them to win. Um, I'd love to kick the year off with a win. Uh so the Jets play Carolina game one, but at Carolina or New York, it's at Carolina. At Carolina, okay. If Sam wants to come alive and just tear us apart, I wouldn't even be mad at it, man. I need him to get that revenge game out of the way, and if it's got to be week one of the season, Let's get it out the way. I I hate the NFL for scheduling this the very first game of the season because I know Sam right now is probably going extra hard in the gym, and these new guys are just like, oh, we're gonna go out there and play football. But this guy's got a big, big, big chip on his shoulder. Yeah. And now he's back with Robbie Anderson. He's got a nice little, you know, mobile offense around him. He's got a semi-decent defense around him. They can make some things happen over there, man. So if they tear us apart, I don't care. You'll be perfectly fine with that. I would be, man, because I want to see the guy. I want to see Sam Darnold excel. Because if there's one thing I don't like is players who aren't given, who are drafted high and aren't given that opportunity. You know, I would say the same thing for Josh Rosen, but Josh Rosen has shot himself in the foot. Of me. That was, yeah, that's all him. That's all yeah. on him. All that's all on him. So I, I got no, I got nothing for Josh Rosen, man. Yeah, yeah. You can go wherever you land up and hopefully you get to come out there. But I mean, you, you got your opportunity and you just like really, really sucked and you went other places and you said you were going to be better than everybody that was drafted ahead of you. And I'm sorry, man, I just don't see it. So. And if we, I mean, we talk in week one about our teams, you know, we played the Falcons week one. Uh, so I got to see Kyle Pitts first game of his career. We're going to be against the Philadelphia terrible secondary. I told, I told Nick, uh, Cullen, uh, I'm going to pick up, uh, Kyle Pitts on DraftKings that week. So, uh, I guess he, <laughs> to me, he's probably not going to be that expensive yet. And it's against a secondary that I know is not good. So it's going to be Devonte Smith versus Kyle Pitts, which, which is going to be exciting. Um, and then, I don't know what they're going to do with Julio. It really just depends. Like, I, you know what? Oh, I was going to say this, actually. You know how they're shopping Julio around? Supposedly. Yeah. Supposedly. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm like, yo, fuck it. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Yo. If I'm Aaron Rodgers, I'm like, yo. Just, I'm like, look, y'all want, me to, y'all want me to stay? <laughs> Go get Julio. I want Julio and Devontae. And then you can't tell me. If he got Devontae, Adam, and Julio on the same roster, they beating the Bucks in the playoffs. Oh yeah, man. They be they're, they're making it at least to the Super Bowl and have a date with the Chiefs or something. I don't know, but that, I mean, if they can get, that's what they need to do. Because I mean, he's available apparently, and you want to keep your star happy. So I agree, but okay, this is, then this comes down to the GM pulling the trigger that Aaron Rodgers isn't already like, and you got to get rid of a lot. But 
we could do a podcast on the the. Well, how much is a lot for a thirty-two-year-old receiver? I know he's all-time great, but still thirty-two. Thirty-two-year-old, still elite receiver, still elite, and like. What's your goal? What's your goal at the end of this year? It's to beat the Bucks. If you're the Packers, that's it. It's not to beat the Bears. It's not, that that'll take care of itself. You're going to the NFC Championship, possibly again if you have Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, automatically who, you should you should be there. But who would you rather? Who would you want on your team? You would want Julio Jones. He knows how to cut. He knows how to run those routes on those receiver on those uh, DBs. He yeah. knows he's played them his entire. Especially if he has the NFC South. Yeah, exactly. we as the eagle i mean the eagles we've been shopping around zach ertz they they should take him off my hands too like y'all want zach <laughs> go ahead yeah. we're just waiting for that one to fall um it'll come though eventually so so really quick predict you guys how many wins for your team you said one seriously one looking at the i'll have to dive deeper into the to the games again um and and it's a whole new team man like i, I really can't give you a pick cuz i don't know how the quarterback play is I don't know anything there. It's all brand new. So new head coach, new defense, new offense, new yeah. new receipt. Everything is new. So I honestly have one win in there for sure. And that's a step down from last year. You guys, you guys are tied with uh the for 19th with the 49ers and the Patriots as far as strength of schedule. Really? You, you know who has the easiest strength of schedule? Probably the Bucks. No, the Eagles. Really? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm looking at, I still look at the schedule. I'm like, I still only see seven, six or seven wins on here. But the Bucks have the 29th easiest schedule, aka they're probably going to go 15 and two and just waltz into the damn <laughs> Super Bowl again, unless the Packers can go get something. Because their schedule, the Cowboys got an easy schedule, the Falcons got an easy schedule. Like it's yeah. My, it's, so so my my thing would be. We should do this at the end of the segment, but we're here already. Um, I would say the ceiling is five. My gut tells me two wins, though. I'm preparing for two. I'm preparing for two wins, bro. We won two games last year. We won two games last year. And we won it, and we won it. This is where I want to be proven wrong because we want. We should have won four, four to five games last year, and we won it. And we lost it in the last quarter because the defense couldn't keep up. So now we have Salah, who has a defensive mindset exactly you have a better coach now i know that but he hasn't done anything as a head coach as a coordinator okay but i like to see prove me wrong i want to be proven wrong all right here's what i'm looking at your schedule okay you guys got the Bengals on halloween that's a winnable game the panthers week one that's a winnable game um i think you're gonna split with the dolphins Cause you're the, you're not gonna go zero and six in your division. Division. Oh, you're not I, gonna go zero and six. You we went zero. We went zero and six last year, bro. It's not gonna happen again. Now with so now we're Robert Salah there. So, uh, y'all gonna split with the Dolphins. So that's one. The Texans without Deshaun because yes, yeah, the the funny thing about it, well, it is week twelve, right? So if Deshaun gets suspended for like eight games, he'll be back. If he gets suspended for ten games, he'll be back. But if he gets suspended for the whole season, then yeah. But the fact that it's week twelve, it might not be so winnable if they're not if they don't. But Deshaun doesn't even want to be there anyway, though. So we'll count the Texans as a win, and then uh, the Jags, uh, Lawrence versus uh, Wilson. That's a game you should look forward to. I am looking. That's the last game of the season. I'm, no, I'm December twenty sixth. Huh? December twenty sixth, day after Christmas. So it's the last game, right? 
No, the, the, the it looks like the last game is uh, January 9th against the Bills. Oh, week eighteen. Because remember, guys, we have an extra game this year. So, oh yeah, that's right. So I think you guys win four or five, four or five games. Five is my ceiling, like I said, but I'm expecting to win two and because the Jaguars. Cool. The Jaguars made some good pickups. All right, we'll get into some questionable ones, but <laughs> yeah. they, they made some. They drafted very, very, very well, and I know those guys haven't proven anything, but. I mean, when you get two guys that play college football together and you put them on a pro team together, that's that's it's, that's a good that, two guys that were like in championship games. Yeah. And not just Joe Schmo off the street and Joe Schmoet is the two guys who have been winning 11, 12, 13 games a season in college. So, yeah, for sure. <laughs> they're, they, they're exciting. And even the same thing with the with Cincinnati. Same thing. Burrow and Chase. Like, yeah. I mean, they still got to protect them. <laughs> They do. Their defense still got to stop somebody. So that's an easy winnable game. But I mean, going back to it, we lose in the fourth quarter. So hopefully that fourth quarter mentality, you know, um, is going to be different. Uh, I like uh, I like Salah's message. Everyone all gas. It's what we're doing. All gas is the is the new thing in the locker room. So I want to see all gas, man. I want to see these guys out there doing their thing. I'm excited about the team. Don't get me wrong but I'm not the kind of guy that goes out there and like, we're going to win 10 games. We're winning the division. And we haven't won the division since 2002 or something like that. No. When Tom Brady towards ACO. Yeah. We didn't win the division that year either. It was the Dolphins and we were the wild. It was card. the Dolphins. <laughs> yeah. So it's been a long time since we won a division, but I'm excited to see a young team. I just want to see players progress. I don't want to see players get lost in the system. So. I just looked at your uh, your average because I looked at the margin of victory and defeat. So Tampa Bay averaged winning by nine points a game last year. You guys' margin was was minus thirteen. Y'all was losing by two touchdowns. <laughs> they didn't want to play for the. It guy. It was the worst in the in the NFL, by the way. They didn't want to play for the guy. I wouldn't want it either. Sheesh. Made no sense. Yeah. Was, everybody knew that was a no sense. It will, it will be tough. It will be a little tough for you guys. But I think they go they go rah rah rally for for Robert. So they love that guy. I, and I, that's yeah. That's one thing I want because I think I'm a little disappointed in his recruiting this year. I, I I thought he would get some better players on defense. Uh, but I'm not mad with some of the guys he signed. I thought he would definitely get the the dude Solomon from uh, Solomon Thomas from. 49ers and yeah. Richard Sherman to come over, and I would have loved that. But the smart thing for them would be staying, stay where they're at, where the team can, is actually going to be good. So. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not mad with the pickups. I just, I just want, I want a good defense. Sherman hasn't even signed yet. Who? Sherman hasn't even signed. Oh yeah, yet. I know, but he's he's not linked to us. I, I would love him to be linked to. He's looking year. at probably Seattle. He's going back home to Seattle. Seattle, the 49ers. Yeah. If I'm Green Bay, I'm calling him. I don't know why. Remember. But, the last time the, the 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 Packers did anything in free agency and got a bona fide star on defense, go blue, Charles Woodson, Super Bowl. So, yeah, Sherman's a little old now, but they need to they need to impress Aaron Rodgers right now, basically. Um, what about takeaways from your team? What do you think? As far as what, how many wins? How, what what do I like? What do I don't like? like? What do you What do you think? What do you think about your team? What are you excited for? I'm excited. You know who I'm excited for. <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for you. For Number that, six from the University of Alabama Road Tide, Devonte Devonte Smith, and uh, I'm, 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 I'm hoping he goes over a thousand yards this year. 
Uh, I know our defense is going to be atrocious, so we're going to be playing a lot of uh, catch up and keep up with and whatever, shootouts, whatever we got to do. I mean, let me – all right, our defensive line is good, okay? So, I mean, looking at the quarterbacks, we're going to be playing against the Falcons' offensive line, which is not great, but they have a very good offense. Uh, 49ers, we beat them last year, but that was a fluke game to me. Uh, I don't know who's going to be starting a quarterback for them. That's week two. It's going to either be Trey Lance or Garoppolo or Mullins, whoever, whoever they decide to start. So that game, I'm not even, I'm not sure about, but I'm not too confident. I think Cowboys, we split. Giants, we split. Washington football team, we split. We go three and three in the division. Um, those are gonna, So three of our wins would be in the division. We got Sam Darnold. Uh, we're going to be over... So we got we got a similar schedule actually. Uh, we had to play Sam. We had to play the Bucks, which is going to be hell in the household. I'm I'm gonna have to like stay at a hotel that weekend, like because <laughs> my girl is not gonna let me be happy for the Eagles or sad around her. So, yeah. uh, but we got the Raiders. That might be a game I want to go to. So Las Vegas. I mean, damn. They, did you see that? They're building like a uh, uh, like a club at the end zone. They're trying to compete with Jacksonville's uh, pools up top. And Listen, the I'm about that club life. Uh, that's October. That's the week before uh, Halloween, uh, October 24th. I might. The weather is gonna be a little bit better because it's not super hot. I might slide on down to uh, to Las Vegas in week seven. Uh, we got the Chargers. We got the Broncos. We got the Saints. Our schedule. I don't know how we have the easiest schedule because it looks tough to me. Uh, but I got us winning seven games, seven and ten. We'll get like a number nine pick in the draft, number 10 pick in the draft. Uh, we'll keep building that offensive and defensive line or I guess, or get a better uh, secondary. But honestly, I don't have expectations for the season. I mean, <laughs> I mean, damn, I don't know what we have. I, I just want Jalen Hurts to, to look formidable. I want that relationship with Devontae Smith to be well. And maybe Jalen Rieger is better than I thought. He's got a lot to prove now because we got we literally drafted a receiver in the first round after drafting a receiver in the first round last year, which goes to tell you that we know we made a mistake. So um, hopefully he can prove himself. Hopefully our offense looks prolific, and uh, I think we got seven wins in us. Yeah, you wanna you wanna see progression. I understand that. That's you wanna see Hertz take the the big step next year. I mean, he, and he at least play. at least we keep it real, you know. As Fairweather fans, we're used to being critical of our teams and because we know. We know better. We're not stupid, okay? So it's not like I'm trying to, like, poo-poo on my team or you're trying to poo-poo on your team, but you know your team. Yeah. I know my team. So, you know, leave it at that. The best thing they could have done now is, like, I mean, I shouldn't say the best thing because they, they've hired – my team has hired good head coaches except for last year. Uh, it's just <clears throat> the GM and the coaching – not being on the same page. So hopefully Joe Douglas and Sala are on the same page and they can create a winning culture in New York. You know, the, the crazy thing with the Eagles, so a lot of the problems that we had stemmed actually from the same exact reason. Uh, Cause I was reading some, like some articles on like on the athletic and stuff like that. Uh, and they were like, there was a huge, huge divide between Jeffrey Lurie and Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson. Hence one of them had to go. I, I remember I told him I'm not going to say anything bad about Howie Roseman for a while because he drafted Devontae Smith. So, did what he did. 
I got nothing to say about him. We got rid of Doug Peterson, who just won us a Super Bowl, but that's neither here nor there. We got rid of Carson Wentz, which if Carson Wentz had a good offensive line and receivers to throw the ball to, I don't think he'd be that bad. I think the Colts are going to have a great year because they have a great offensive line, a good running game, and good receivers. So, I don't know. We made some mistakes, uh, but I feel like, I mean, if hopefully this Nick Serrani guy is good. I mean, I know you, you're high on, on, on Robert um Salah but I don't know a damn thing about Nick Serrani so I don't I have nothing I have nothing to be excited about with him <laughs> so I'm there running, we are <laughs> I'm running through this uh this Bucks uh uh schedule too man and these guys 15 and 2 yeah man like it's it's almost inevitable they're gonna win like a it's lot of easy games. right it's really easy I think the only hard games they're gonna have is gonna be against the Rams with that defense yeah and maybe Chicago's defense, depending on how the quarterback play is there, but that defense is going to be scary against Tom Brady. Um, and then maybe Buffalo. That's that's all I really see is really the, the difficult teams to get over the hump for them on. I, it's, going I, be, it's going to be other good games. I there. would talk. I would talk shit about if you picking the Bears, but the Bears did beat them last year. Mm-hmm. But Bears, it was Nick Foles, Nick Magic. So. Uh, probably not. Probably not this year. Whoever I don't know who the quarter again. There's it's so many. It's crazy. Fields, you never know. There's so many teams right now that we have no idea who's starting week one. <laughs> we have no idea. So it's like it's like wow that the Bears are one of them. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see what goes on. Um, two London games this year. My Jets get to go play the Falcons. Uh, Woody Johnson probably you know, bartered that deal there to get in there since he was the liaison for the UK under the Trump administration. Uh, and the Dolphins versus the Jags, usually we have, what, four games there? And now the, we have Jag, the Jags, are, their home stadium is really it really the is. UK. And it really is. The only reason why they're keeping more games here is because they got, they got Trevor Lawrence and Tim Tebow. <laughs> Which is a perfect, perfect bridge into the next uh, part of the show. The Tim Tebow effect. Uh, Mr. Tebow is now signed with the Jaguars. Lord. Yeah. And I mean, my personal opinions on this, I mean, he's not coming in as a quarterback, but however people are saying they're going to use him in different positions is what they're going to use him as. You know what they're going to use him as? A clipboard. Taysom Hill. That's what they think. They should. Yeah, that's what they think they're going to get out of him is Taysom Hill. Exactly. They think they're going to get that because he's been conditioning and playing baseball and playing wiffle ball and softball celebrity tournaments yeah. and all whatever he's doing. But let's be real about this. This is this is my take on this. Um, your boy has been out of the league for 10 years now, and Urban Meyer decides he's coming out of retirement to be a head coach, this time in the NFL. Yeah. And he's putting – He's bringing the band back together. You know, now he's bringing, he's bringing Tim Tebow, his old quarterback, to come and play. So he's giving him, ideally, the second chance that nobody ever gave him in the NFL because he sucked as a quarterback. Yeah, well, he the Steelers. Not but, to cut you off. Not to cut you off. Teams wanted to give him a second chance, but not as a quarterback. Mm-hmm. That's on Tim for not wanting to change positions 10 years ago, but continue. <laughs> yeah. But he he didn't let he got in, let his pride get in the way. He saw himself as a quarterback, as he should. It's your body, it's your value. You did beat the Steelers in the playoffs, so I understand that. But <laughs> Demarius Thomas beat the Steelers in the playoffs. 
it, it was it, a it ten yard all... slant route that Demarius Thomas housed. So yeah, but if, again, I'm not here. Go ahead, continue. If John, if John Elway is going to pull the trigger to get Peyton Manning and and create a winning franchise for the next five years, like yeah. I'm going to make that move every day and get rid of Tim Tebow. Thank you. And Thank you. I mean, I remember when I went to New York the first year he was there. They had him him in jockey underwear over the Lincoln Tunnel, and you never saw him ever make a snap for the Jets, maybe twice. We That's share that in common. We had – because he was with the Eagles for a little bit, too. <laughs> we yeah, both had Tebow in our locker rooms. It was, it, was, it was a waste of time for us, man. It was, it was no good. I mean, Sanchez was <clears throat> definitely on the outs because they took everything away from him, and he was on the decline for us. So we didn't even, we didn't even try having Tim Tebow go in there and, and take Sanchez's spot because we knew he was that bad, yeah. that bad. So what I'm getting at overall is that this guy has been out of football because of his pride and he didn't want to convert to the tight end position, this new hybrid role that you're seeing guys like Taysom Hill excel in. And so he went to commentating, playing minor league baseball, whatever, but you got guys like Kaepernick who stand up for what they believe in a real social justice issue that's going on and then get blackballed out of the NFL. And then now to the NFL saying like, Oh, we're so sorry. We'll give you a second chance to not even giving him a second chance. And then guys like Des Bryant who are healthy stud receivers and you don't want to give him a chance because I don't know why, but Tim Tebow gets a second chance. Spit, yeah. Give me something. So I've, Ever since I first saw this, the, the article and everything, I've been, I've had a lot of different emotions and a lot of way to look, a lot of different lenses to look at with this one. Um, now, before I even look, Tim Tebow is not a bad person. You know, he's I don't th I think he gets a bad rap because because he's he's stubborn. He's stubborn and he wears his he wears his emotions on his sleeve about his faith, but, about his ideas and stuff. Which I, I feel the, okay, the, but. The thing about it is that a lot of people wear their emotions on their sleeves. A lot of professional athletes do the same thing. But the difference is we either like you or we don't like you. And for whatever re reason, Tim Tebow was just, I mean, when he was in college, you know, he was, I mean, greatest college football player ever, like decorated and all that stuff. I mean, people will say that, you know, obviously you can debate that, uh, but you will. He's obviously in the conversation as far as his accomplishments in college. Um, but when he got to NFL, everyone said the same thing. He can't throw, which was hundred yeah, percent a fact. I understand in college, he did what he did in college, but college when you playing, you know, when you played against Charleston Southern and, <laughs> and whomever else, uh, three times a year before you play a real good school and then you know, everything is just different. Like Mahomes and Baker Mayfield were throwing 700 yards a game in the Big 12. So, obviously, you know, it's it's different in college. So, he got to NFL. We know he can't throw. His throwing motion is terrible because you got guys – when you got guys like Miles Garrett and Jason and J.J. Watt chasing after you, that elongated throw is not going to work. So – and they, and they told him to fix it. He never got to fix it. So, they, they suggested him moving to H-back, you know, fullback, tight end. A long time ago. Now, the problem I have is that a lot of players get told, hey, you should probably switch positions. And a lot of players just do it. Um, I know, like, Lamar Jackson's probably wouldn't let him do it, but Lamar Jackson proved that he was he won an MVP as a quarterback. So you yeah. can't tell him nothing no more. But, like, I remember Pat White back in the day. You know, he was a really good quarterback at West Virginia. 
as a leper, we need you to switch positions. He didn't complain. He didn't cry. He switched. He switched because, all right, cool. All these Ohio State quarterbacks, uh, a lot of them come to the NFL. Like, uh, what's his name? God, the guy. Terrell Pryor. Terrell Pryor. Great Ohio State quarterback. They said, bro, we need you to play receiver. All right, cool. Like, he did good. A lot of these players that get – so I know back in the day there was a stick with, like, black quarterbacks uh, always were forced to switch. Uh, some of them needed to switch and some of them didn't need to switch. But at least the ones that were willing to switch, the ones that made that switch, it works. You know, yeah. I mean, Julian Edelman played quarterback in college. Julian Edelman is a great slot receiver for the Patriots for many, many years. So I think had he just bit that bullet a long time ago, Instead of letting his stubborn, I mean, I'm stubborn. I understand. I don't like to be told I can't do nothing, something either. But if my dream was to play in the NFL and I choose minor league baseball and broadcasting for the SEC on ESPN instead of just sw- trying out a new position, just to s- try it out. Try it out when you're 26, 25, 26 years old. Don't try it out when you're 33. So the problem I had was A, it took him this. It took him this long to realize. Oh, maybe I should try to switch the position. But at this point, now he's a distraction. Had he made that that transition a long time ago, he's not a distraction in the locker room. He's just this great college quarterback that switched positions a lot, like a lot of other players do. But now, ten years later, with minor league baseball, I mean, with everything that's come with him since then, now he's a distraction in the locker room. Jacksonville is trying to have a new identity. Uh, as far you know, they just. They just they, they went one in fifteen last year. Like they're trying to like build a new culture there. So you got guys in that locker who are fighting for roster spots. Yet because Urban Meyer is, is is my boy, I can just go take one of these roster spots. I'm really not that good at football anymore. I've been playing the muscles and, and stuff that you use to play baseball are different from the mu- like every sport requires different like you know activity, you know different kind of workouts. So he's gonna take up a roster spot. He can't run routes. He can't block. He like what can he do at 33, 34 years old that you know what I mean? Like it just it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me that he's making this move. But more power to him that he that Urban Meyer is his boy. I mean, at the end of the day, if you if you if you if you keep people close to you, at some point they're gonna eventually scratch your back after you scratched your back, even if it was 10 years ago. So you know, he's you know, him and Urban were great in college together. And then Urban bailed on UF. <laughs> and uh, you know, Tim Tebow kept that locker room together at UF. So maybe he's there to be an assistant coach, um, a glorified assistant coach. Um, uh, but he's costing somebody six hundred thousand dollars who who really deserves that roster spot. But because he's Tim Tebow, he's just taking some roster spot. So I don't like that part, but I don't I can't knock him. Because I understand as a, you know, if I'm a professional athlete, I'm not going to, I don't, you know how professional athletes go out like kicking and screaming before they want to leave like 20 yeah. years, 22 years, Tom Brady's 45. So it's like, what can I say? But, you know, he's a professional athlete by nature. That's why he tried the baseball thing in the first place. So I understand him wanting to continue to play sports. I just don't think this football thing is going to work out for him. I don't know what Urban Meyer has up his sleeve. Um, it didn't work for Nick Saban when he tried the NFL. <laughs> it, it doesn't work for a lot of these college coaches, so I don't know. We'll see. I mean, he could he could eventually be like a Udonis Haslam for the Heat, 
and be that guy that's no because Haslam's been there since day one I know that's that was my other argument is like the only difference is Haslam has been there since day one but like you were and there's nobody in the heat locker room that would say Haslam gotta go no and we already saw reports that Jacksonville their team is split on this yes half of them are okay with it you it's May it's May and they already have issues in the locker room because of one player yeah that's not how you want to kick off a team that just went one to 15. Yeah, that's not. And and that's you've you've inherited a team that's very young. Now you're bringing an older person into this to to piggyback off of what you said that has them has been there since day one. Yes. Um, now, I don't think they're approaching this right because Tim Tebow was the vocal person in the Gators locker room, at the University of Florida with Urban Meyer. So maybe he's thinking he can get that type of leadership and role out of that from him here. However, this guy hasn't played football in 10 plus years. And kids' mentality, the game has changed. Um, some people don't like Tebow for his. They're not going to. Res- they don't have any respect for him. No. Like a lot of these kids in that locker room are not going to have any respect for him. No, I mean, I know he's from Jacksonville, so he, they're thinking they can get Jacksonville people to come to the games more and see Tim Tebow. But you're not going to see that guy suit up. And if oh, I'm he's going to be, a, Urban's going to put him on the field. He'll get on the field. It's just not going to look pretty all the time. Yeah. So, so my thing is, and I hate bringing race into stuff and playing the race card on stuff, but like, do you think it's also privilege at the same time that he gets this opportunity to play? Cause Des Bryant put out that tweet that was like, you know, you see so many talented black athletes that go out there and they're, they got a lot left in the tank and they just give up on us. But Tim Tebow, 10 years, I'm I asking mean, you. The, again, I've, I've been trying to look at it in so many different ways, and I'm trying to think of a, like an, of an example of like things like that, like things like this that have that's happened in history. So like I know it's very, it's very rare, but for example, it wasn't ten years, but I remember Maddie Johnson when he when he got the HIV, he tried to come back like in '94, '95 after a few years off. He came back like 400 pounds overweight, yeah, <laughs> and it yeah, just looked bad. It looked bad, but. You know, the Lakers were like, hey, whenever you want to come back, because he has a relationship with them, with the bus family. I mean, however you want to look at it, Urban Meyer and Tim Tebow have a relationship. Mm -hmm. So he played, like, think about it. The 31, if if he called every other one of those coaches and GMs and and presidents, they'll, sorry, Tim, we just got no room for you and hang up the phone, right? So it's not like, he was actually privileged because no one really wanted him in the locker room period. Anyway, it just took that one urban Meyer. So like, for let's say there was somebody who was really, really like close with Colin Kaepernick um, while he was in the NFL. Cause I don't know what, I don't know what his relationship was with anybody in San Francisco. I don't remember who the GM was or coaches were. I don't know any of that stuff. Cause I'm not, it's not at the top of my head, but if there was somebody who was like a position coach, like a quarterback coach that he was really close with, uh, while he was with San Fran, and then that same quarterback coach is now the head coach of so and so team. And let's say it was Bill Belichick. You know how Bill Belichick runs everything in, in New England, right? No matter what Robert Kraft would tell uh, uh, Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick like is going to bring him whoever he wants to bring in, right? So let's say him and Bill Belichick were really, really close. It's not like they. I think there would have been a better opportunity for Colin to come in, but. Again, the, he he became quote unquote a distraction because of what he stood for. They did it to Mahmoud Abdul Aruf in the NBA. 
they did it. I mean, they do it. They they tried to do it to Tebow. It just took an Urban Meyer to get him away from that. So it's just, it's just so one like, of those things in which, yeah, there's privilege, obviously, but I so have to way. give I have to give some of this on Urban Meyer. It's I mean, it's Urban Meyer's call at the end of the day. So, so my rebuttal to that is that it wasn't Robert. I know you said, what if it was uh, Bill Belichick and Robert Kraft? Like, I feel like that situation would work well for Ka- Kaepernick if that was the thing, because you see Kraft hanging out with with me and stuff, yeah. I'm saying if they were close, though. Yes, that's, that's if I'm saying it, if it, I'm just saying that it wasn't. If it was, I said that would have been a good place for him to go. Oh, the, oh, a thousand percent. Great. Yeah, but definitely. any other team, whether whether it was a quarterback coach that coached Kaepernick, they're going to be like, and this is where it gets really, you know, fucked up, in my opinion. Oh, you coach Kaepernick and you want him over here to try out? Yeah, you know, we're sorry. We think he's a little bit old and we don't want to have that stigma tied to us. You know, we're all about Black Lives Matter and, and promoting it, but we just don't want that here in the stadium because, you know, damn well, if they put him into the stadium, they're going to be like, oh, God, nobody wants to come to the games because of that. So... so- so question, because I've heard, I've, I've been following that Kaepernick thing forever. Cause like, remember Baltimore offered him a contract, but he turned it down because mm-hmm. he wanted more money. He wanted to be a starting quarterback uh, early on. And then, um, so, I mean, that could have been an opportunity for him I at think, that point. I think just I, like, so think about it. That was one per, that was one team that was actually about that life and he turned him down and I just think honestly, hold on, hold on. Before you go on, I just think Cap's heart's not in it anymore. We say, of course it not, of course not. I think it's, I just don't think it's in there anymore. Yeah, oh no, of course not. And mind you, they didn't, they're not even asking him to switch positions. Yeah. At least the the, the thing that I give Tebow just a smidgen of, of credit for is he finally he said, "I will switch positions." Then I don't yeah. have to play quarterback anymore. And so it's just again, there's so many ways to look at this. It's because it, again, he's going to be a distraction. It's a a very slippery slope. Yeah, exactly. It is. It is. And then you're opening up Pandora's box and there's a lot to look at. But the conclusion for me is that, yes, he'll be a distraction in the locker room. Not even on not even on purpose. Just him being there. Poor Trevor Lawrence is going to have to answer answer questions about him every single day. Uh, (laughs) Like, think about it. Like, that's not you don't want your rookie quarterback having to answer all these damn questions about Tim Tebow. Like, I'd be pissed off. I'm like, damn, I just got drafted pick uh, pick number one. I'm about to put this franchise on my back. Oh, the savior is here. Like, the, the, that's who they think the real savior is. Like, I'm Trevor Lawrence, and y'all got the nerve to bring in this Tebow guy. Like, I don't care about Tim Tebow. Like, so. those, those times have changed, man. Yeah. Um, it definitely is a slippery slope. Um, personally, me, I'm not saying it's bad for football because I know – this is what I also don't like is is football. Football is a very crazy market because like obviously a lot of minorities love the sport and I hate getting all political and racial and shit, but I'm going to do it anyways. I don't care. It's my show. Uh, it's our show. But, you know, minorities love the sport and minorities run the sport for the most part. However, the face of the franchise is usually a quarterback. And now you're seeing that shift kind of go from the from the tall, lanky white dude to the minority guy playing playing the the quarterback role, so the athletic dual they call it dual threat now. Yeah, dual back threat. then they called them the athletic quarterbacks. Now they're the dual threat. <laughs> just like just like if a black dude goes shoots up a place, he's a terrorist. But if it's a white guy, he's a law abiding citizen. But anyway, <laughs> um, so you're seeing that change. And then here's what I can't stand about football is they try and they try and tie tie the military, God, 
and all these crazy things together. So you got a guy like Tebow who stands for all of those things. And on top of that, he definitely made his uh, stance on where he's, he sits on certain uh, topics that some people think are controversial, whatever. He was definitely out there in a, a Super Bowl ad for abortion, saying he's not for abortion and all that stuff. Um, I have no problem with any of that. That's your beliefs. That's your beliefs. That's fine. Yeah, right. But when you're like supposed to be the savior of, of, you know, football, Mr. Godly and all that, like keep your opinions to yourself, live that godly life, you know, I don't know. And, and then just like you said earlier in the thing, you're taking money out of somebody else's pocket. You know, this is $600,000 that could be somebody else's who needs it. Tim Tebow has made a shit ton of money playing with the Mets, working for ESPN. He's a shitty in, uh, analysis, but I mean, he, they still pay him. They're, they're giving him money. The Gators could be playing, you know, Charleston Southern, and they're going to, he's going to pick the Gators every time. We know that. Uh, but what I was trying to get earlier is that they tie all these crazy things together and it, and it just fits the mold that you bring Tebow into this because he stands for the military. He stands for um, religion uh, and he's the great white quarterback, man. He's the great, you know, shining Jesus out there. So it's yeah. like Jesus literally playing quarterback. So I put it on privilege a little bit, but I tip my hat to Tebow for finally saying, you know, I'm going to switch my position now. You know, yeah. I really, I really love this game. I, this is how I'm looking at it, is that he really loves this game and he's going to do does. He It's can. clear he does. <laughs> it is clear. And he's going to do whatever he can to get back on there and play. But the problem is he's 30 fucking three years old, man. And he hasn't, he hasn't ran routes ever in his life. He's never blocked nobody in his life. He's never, I don't, I, that's the part that I'm like, okay. <laughs> you, I, you, I understand you wanted to come back and switch positions, but damn, like it's I'll, a little too late, bro. <laughs> that's like, that's like Joe Namath coming to the Jets and being like, Hey, we haven't gotten this right the last 10 years. Just let me get one more Hollywood Joe routine in there. Like who are, right, think of who, who think of somebody that you've had that was on your team 10 years ago and they, they try to come back right now. I can't even think of anybody. I mean, Brandon Marshall ain't coming back in the league. I mean, he's a he's built yeah. a shit, but yeah. he's old now and he's doing yeah. great with his podcast and he loves it. Exactly. Chad Ochoacinco like, coming back. Maybe that's Tebow, Tebow, Tebow. And, and a lot of these guys swear that like Terrell is, Lawrence, is, Terrell Percy Lawrence, Har is Percy Harvin going to get a contract? I want to no. see Percy Harvin come back. No, like get all the Gators there. It's like, it's one of those things. It's like, it's, Bro, he could have just been an assistant coach, bro. Like seriously, like if you really, if you really, like, look, come but back. Even, but even, but even Terrell Owens tried this, and everybody kept shutting it. Like Terrell, yeah. you're done. Give man. it up, give it up, Terrell. Give it up. And we're talking about one of the greatest receivers of all time. We're not talking about a guy who has to switch positions. <laughs> it's just like, bro, just. And I don't. I, it's like again, the 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 pride thing of a professional athlete. They never want to hang it up. That's just a fact. They never want to hang up the cleats. They never want to hang up the sneakers. They don't want to hang up the, the, the helmet. It's hard. You know, go out kicking and screaming. But you know, obviously you don't I don't wish injury on nobody, but it might take something like that for him to go, all right, bro. I don't really need like think about it. You've made enough money. You can get whatever job you want in this world. Like ESPN calls, you get it. Fox Sports call, you get it. And you want to go get go get a concussion. Well, damn. <laughs> if that's what it's gonna take, because now teams are gonna be targeting him. They made it clear. I've got someone from Green Bay. I think it was Devin. No, it was Devin Bush from Pittsburgh. Was like Bush. Oh, Bush Devin Bush. Dog, this this is like that's, that's 
they're they're going to be playing the Jags like they just won the Super Bowl. You know how you play the team that's the best? You play, you give them your best because you want to see how you measure up against the champs. They're going to be treating the Jags like they're the Super Bowl champs, and everyone's going to be giving them their best, late hits, dirty hits, talking shit to him on the sideline. It's going to be a lot for a rookie, and I love Trevor Lawrence. I think he's he's Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning had a baby. It's, it's Trevor Lawrence. And I don't know if this is going to be a good year for him because that's a lot to deal with in May. So if you may, if Tebow makes a team, which I expect him to, he's got four, they got four months to figure this thing out in the locker room because if the locker room is split and your uh, your GM and your coaches and all, all those guys are split, if the whole team is split down the middle on this, it's not it's not going to be fun. It's not going to be fun for 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 anybody in that locker room. And, I think, you know, I, I like the direction that they were going in up until this point, but we'll see, man. We'll see. So, I mean, I guess you just answered my last question before we go to the next uh, topic. Do you think he will make the team? You think he'll make the roster? Oh, yeah, of course he's going to make the roster. My, my, I'm saying, I'm going to say it. I'm going to say he's not going to make it because I think they're Urban pulling... Meyer would not cause this fanfare in May for him not to make the team. At this point, it's, it's too late. He's got to be on the team now. It's one of those things in which we'll we'll see. I think I think with all these different rumblings about the team being 50-50 on and the distractions, and then when once they put on pads and start running routes, I think I think we're gonna see that roster spot be given to somebody else. And Tim Tebow could maybe be like an assistant advisor or something like that. Unless unless he steps down himself. Cause he could be like, you know what? I thought I could block and he's getting blown up at practice. Or preseason game one, two, or three, and he's getting just knocked around. And he's like, you know what? I don't know, man. This is not, I didn't think this position gonna be like this. So I'm gonna just, I'm gonna just pack my things and leave myself. Then hey, maybe, <laughs> maybe, maybe he's trained to be a UFC fighter for this and he just needs the offseason workouts. Who knows, man? Anything oh, is on God. the table. If, if Tim Tebow tried to do UFC, <laughs> like, you know how like people are gunning for Jake Paul right now? Oh yeah. my God. They will, oh. They were terrible new one in that way. <laughs> oh, like Tim, Tim wants to come into the ring. Bet that. That'd be the highest view paper. But Tim Tim was a polarizing, like he could make he for someone who's not that good at football anymore, <laughs> people will will buy tick season tickets to come see him play. Like that's what it is. At the end of the day, it's a money grab for Jacksonville. But it's it's because of his. That's faith. why he's gonna make the team. That's why. That's why he's gonna make. They're gonna make money off of Tim Tebow. That's why, man. I mean, look, I hate, I hate, I hate when faith plays in the shit. I hate when someone does that because you watch the guy in the NBA get shunned out of it because he had his faith and his belief on things, yeah. and they shunned him out of it. And I don't like that shit, man. I'm sorry. So, and my move is him. fifty. He's still balling. He be in the, He was in the big three when back a couple years ago. My dude, he's dropping buckets. Fifty-two years old and balling. Steph Curry balling. before his time, but that's another story. <laughs> yeah, we never got to see that. Um. Yeah. All right, so we rarely talk baseball on here because it's a long season, but there's some pivotal things going on in baseball. We have officially four. I mean, I'm not watching anything right now, so I'm not. I can't keep up with what's going on now, but we have. As of today, there's four no-hitters that have been thrown in baseball. The most was back in like 1913, 18, something like that, in the early 1900s, that eight no-hitters were thrown, okay? Yep. So we're about halfway there, and we're not even halfway through the season. So 
this is kind of piggyback on the segment we had a, uh, a couple of weeks back about how baseball is declining. If you got guys out here, and they're not any household names that are throwing these no hit, like John Means, Carlos Rondon, Joe Musgrove. I mean, do, do any of those names ring a bell to you, like right off the bat? If you're I personally, player? yes, for me they do because you again, sports, of course, I know sport, but mainly be, so you know you know how why I I mean, I've been doing fantasy baseball for like twelve like eleven years now. The reason why I started doing it is because I was starting to forget players' names. So I was like, I'm going to do fantasy baseball so I don't, so I know who plays for who. And that's how I've gotten back into liking baseball myself. Yeah. Um, but I can't say the same for everybody. I think if you play fantasy, you have to pay attention to that no, stuff. It's a, daily, it's a daily sport between 1 p.m. And, and midnight. So it's like, yeah. Yeah. So, so my argument to that is like, these are, these are good players. Don't get me wrong. Um, Carlos Rondon was a high draft pick and he was supposed to be really good, but this year he's having a career year. Yeah, he is. ERA is like four lifetimes. So he's never been a lights out pitcher like he's doing right now. Musgrove had all the talent there. He just played for a shitty Pirates team. Now he's in a stacked San Diego team. Uh, John Means, he's high on that roster to be like the face of the pitching rotation. So there was some hope there he could do that. And I keep forgetting who the fourth guy who threw the no-hitter was. Um, it was uh, Wade Miley, right? Yeah, Wade Miley, that's right. Yeah. And Wade Miley's a journeyman. He's been on every team as the back end of the of the pitching rotation. Yeah. I'm happy he got it, but, like, these aren't these aren't household. These aren't Clayton Kershaw's. These aren't um, uh, uh, Shane, Shane Bieber's, uh, uh, Cole's, Garrett yeah. Cole's. These Aaron aren't Nola. Aaron Nola's. These Jacob aren't these DeGrom. <laughs> yeah, these aren't, these aren't these guys, man. Don't get me started on DeGrom. I could do a whole podcast on Poor guy. Poor guy. Poor um, guy. <laughs> but but these guys, like they they're pitching gems. And to 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 you know, all power to them, but for the hitter that they're doing these against, like you guys really can't square up on a pitch. You're gonna everyone's gonna strike out. Like these are high strikeouts. I think I think means had like 14 strikeouts, the other one had 10. Uh, I mean I I get it when you're a K guy, like, like Jacob DeGrom has crazy movement on the ball. Yeah. Uh, Eric Cole is crazy movement on the ball. Aaron Nola has crazy movement on the ball. Um, they have good stuff, but these guys are the back end of your rotation and they're striking out 10. I at least need six Ks from those guys. I need those guys to give me the, at least five innings if I can get that yeah. out of them. So my argument here is like plate discipline. It's not there. Like you're seeing guys coming out like lumberjacks and just swinging away Swing at everything. For the fences. And it's destroying the sport, man. This this small game, this small game has been taken out of the baseball mm-hmm. because, again, what does it all come down to? What do I always say is the bottom line of everything that happens in professional sports? It's money, and it's it's that pace of play versus like the time of the game. So it's like I always say, chicks dig the three pointers, and chick dig the long ball. And touchdowns. That's what, that's what, again, if I'm trying to sell a game to a casual fan, I either want a high home run game or this pitcher is about to do something historic. That's what, that, that's what I want to, that's what you want to see. And, but mostly it's for the home runs, right? So if I'm the hitter, if I'm the batter and my analytics guy keeps telling me, yo, just swing for the fences, my GM is telling me, yo, uh, yeah, I'm gonna pay this guy more money, even though he's batting 214, 
but he's going to get me like 40 home runs this year. So yeah, I'm a, I'll pay him more money. And so it's like, you follow that model. Like, yeah, how am I going to get paid? I'm going to go hit more home runs. So, and some of these guys are good at it, but if that's, it's like the, the three ball, you live, you live by the three, you die by the three, right? Steph Curry only comes around once in a generation, right? Other than that, again, I always say this with basketball. You win it with defense and doing the little things, right? I don't be seeing people bunting the ball no more. Nope. <laughs> I, don't, I don't see, I don't see like, you know, like, you know, the first guy hits, he gets the first base. Uh, second guy bunts. The third guy sacrifice fly. You don't see that, like, that cute stuff, like, the, the little things that makes, anymore. But that makes it exciting. Like, I argue this Yeah, because that's how it should be. <laughs> yeah, I, I I mean, you do this in Little League. You do yeah. this to win the game. So yeah. I argue this with my father all the time. Like, he's, he's he brings this to my attention, um, that if Kevin Kiermaier were to bunt, his batting average would probably be about 250, and he'd be yeah. on base with runners in scoring position for somebody who can come up and, you know, maybe plate somebody. But the problem is nobody wants to bunt. Nobody wants to learn how to hit against the shift. If the guy is left-handed and they and they come out there and they shift on him, it's like one out of 50, he's going to hit it down the third baseline. It's not going to happen because he has no plate discipline. And my other argument to that is that they're hiring these guys who are friends of friends or they're glorified hitting coaches. You know, if I'm hiring a, an ex-MLB player to be my hitting coach, he better have a good resume of being a good hitter. If he's not a 300 hitter, he better have walked more than he got hits in my books, you yeah. know, because if he's batting, if his lifetime average is 230, he's got like 400 homers and shit ton of RBIs. And, you know, that's good. You know, that's just, that's a decent MLB career, but you're not my hitting coach. And I know the Marlins had an issue with Barry Bonds being the hitting coach while he was there. I personally, <laughs> personally, Barry Bonds is a hitting coach. I wouldn't want him as one because he has a big rain cloud over him coming into that organization. And then what can he really tell you about his hitting approach after the steroid era? They just walked me, go out there and yeah, this is... <laughs> like, what are you going to do? That's not the way to approach it. You know, Chili Davis, I get that guy being a hitting coach. He was a good hitter. He was a solid baseball player. And it just so happens that the Red Sox had a shitty team and they fired him when they, when they had him there. So I think you get the right hitting coaches there, which are XMLB players that want to pursue possibly coaching and have a decent batting average. And then, if not a, a great hitting instructor that, you know, had to have uh, revived the careers of players or bring up the players and stuff like that. But this K rate shit and this, I don't think anybody on the Rays is batting 260, but Joey Wendell, everybody else is like under 250. Which is like, wow. yeah, it's kind of a lot. Wow. That's, that's very alarming. It's just in and general. Games. Yeah. Games. It's, it's just, again, it's just the, just like in the NBA, teams, the, the average score is now 130 to 110 or something. There's more blowouts now. There's more comebacks because everyone can shoot threes now. That's what they – I remember Adam Silver said it. I don't know what I'm talking about basketball. I know Adam Silver said it in 2016 or 17 that he was trying to make the game more like a video game. And when he said that, I, I love I love Adam Silver. He's done nothing wrong to me yet, you know. But when he said that, that was alarming because I know exactly what he means. Like, and that's what most GM, that's what most commissioners want. They want their game to be like a video game. In a video game, it's easy to strike out. Not I mean, it's easy to throw no hitters if you 
figured out a glitch. And it's easy to hit a lot of home runs and have high-scoring games. And Madden, it's easy to score a lot of touchdowns because that's what they want. It's a video game. In basketball, you play five-minute quarters and still find a way to score 100 points. This is how it is. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's the thing is that they're trying to attract as many new fans as possible. Um, they're trying to keep growing the sport, hence why the Jags are always in London. Like They're trying to find ways to make their product more appealing to fans. You, fortunately or unfortunately, you're a baseball purist. So, so people like you, you're just the old guy, uh, get off my lawn kind of thing, right? No, I'm okay. But no, but I'm just giving you their perspective. You're I, the I, old I, I, guy that's get off my that. lawn, and they're like, no, we're trying to bring, like, think about it. Back in like the '90s, there was like I think the the the, the amount of African Americans that played baseball was like 14. percent It's dropped to like six percent or something like that. It's dropped considerably over the last 20 years. They're trying to make this sport more appealing again so that people, the casual, you know, fan in, in South Central is going to be as interested as somebody from uh, from Boston. You know, they're just trying to find ways to just continue to grow the sport. Yeah. They want more women watching sports, uh, watching the sport. They want more minorities of all race. Like, they want it to be a global thing, right? Baseball is already a global sport, but it's in America... It's America's... It's supposed it's to be America's, America's pastime. And it's fall... It's... It's America. Think about it. It's America's pastime, but let's be real. Right now, football, football. the NFL is really the most popular sport in America, and then basketball is right behind it. Mm-hmm. And hockey. I mean, I'm start. I, hockey is starting to get more exciting to me than baseball. So, like, and then they're really pushing for the soccer in in in, in America now because they want they're tired of losing in the national stage. So, baseball's got a lot to keep up with. So, what's the best way to do that? Is they got to have high home run numbers. Or a guy that can throw his ERA is 0.68 and he's throwing three, 250 strikeouts a year. Like, that's what they want. That's what they're going for. Remember when Strasburg, like, they love when Strasburg came in and wrote to Chapman. They see 100 miles per hour. Oh, he threw 100 miles per hour. That's what, that's what they want. They want stuff that's like, wow, he did that. Well, here's my argument. I'm not a, I'm not a purist and I'm not like a get off my lawn type of guy. But, like, I feel like if you see a lot of Ks in the game, what are you really watching? Like, if you're you said it best chicks dig the long ball okay and sports evolve you're seeing it with um in baseball with with otani yep. otani is the best example of that yep. nobody in their right mind since babe ruth was gonna tell it was gonna allow a guy to pitch and play a position or or even at that uh dh it wasn't yeah. gonna happen yeah but this guy said i'm gonna bring you tickets I'm going to go play with the best baseball player in baseball and probably exactly. as well. Exactly. And we're going to do this. And he he pitched six, five or six innings of shutout baseball or one-run baseball yesterday, struck out play, ten, 10 Astros and then played and then and played then, right field. And then played outfield. I was like, but think about it. That's just – Otani's the most – the number one player's name I heard this season. This is great for ESPN. This is great for MLB. Like, they're getting – they want baseball is trying to find players that they can just hang their hat on. Please, like Fernando Tatis when he did his uh Tatis, I'm sorry. When he did his MOB the show uh uh what do you call it? Press video game thing. He was like, Yeah, I'm 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 not you know, I'm flip my bat and I do this and I do that. Like they're trying to make this game just you know more exciting. So whatever it takes, I, they're I gonna build like 
they're gonna build their brand on those on those kind of players. <laughs> I and I and I 100 get that. I like the flashiness. I love like people who don't like the bat flips. They they've never played a game of sport in their life. They never had emotion. Adrenaline. <laughs> that's adrenaline in your body. They never had emotion. Exactly. So I have no problem with the bat flip and these. Love so so baseball and boxing are two types of sports that the old head is just never going to be out of. There's a it's, clash. There's always going to be that clash. It's it's going to be like that. And yeah. I'm I'm okay with a lot of the things that are going on, but my only my only thing that I can't stand really is is the K rate because my father always tells me best and and I I mean even watching it, you don't you don't remember players that hit 230. You don't remember. You remember the good hitters. You remember Wade Boggs. Tony Gwynn hit 240 light or 340 lifetime. Like these are good players that yeah. that played the game. And I mean, yeah, if you hit, I mean, I even think Barry Bonds is a two, 280, 290 lifetime hitter or something. He's, he's got a good number for his batting average, but his walk rate was insane. Yeah. And because nobody wanted to pick pitch. Barry them. Bonds' lifetime was 298. Yeah, that's exactly. That's exactly. <laughs> even when he was when he was with the Pirates, it was really good. I think that's what, yeah. Fire. He Mark was really Mark probably lower. No, 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 I think he was like 270, but that's still pretty good. Might have been 250, but I think it's 270. Let's see. Mark McGuire's life 263. Eh, yeah. He swung for the fences, though. <laughs> he swung for the fences. He swung for the fences. When he was in Oakland, he was supposed to be the next big thing with Conseco, and, and they had a thing going on there. Yeah, they were passing the needle around. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. exactly. So, so my, my, my thing is the K rate. That's the only thing I have beef with, you know, and then, and then the other thing that we can discuss is like, games are really long. Games are really, really long now. So like this nine inning games, the seventh thing, when they have the double headers, those are really cool to me. I like that. Yeah. One, two, seven inning games. Yeah. Um, those are cool. And then like, if it goes into OT uh, or extra innings, they have a guy at second already. That so, part's kind of weird to me. That's weird, but it, but it's a quick pace of play game. I know it, it's just it's, it, that part kind of bothers me a little bit. <laughs> it does. It does bother me, but it's but it's intriguing. It's interesting as, as kind of like a baseball person. The, the thing about play. baseball to me is that I already expect it to be a pretty lengthy game anyway. So it's like, <laughs> what sucks is like baseball is 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 turned into a thing where, and the Rays don't even have like club seats for business and stuff anymore i don't think like the like the lightning do like the yeah. bucks do yeah but it's become a place that you can just sit with your business clients talk bullshit not even pay attention to the game yeah you know a lot of the baseball games i go to honestly free i probably actually watched I, i've been to maybe six baseball games in my life in total i've actually paid attention to like seven innings of those six full games a lot of times I'm trying to start the wave. I'm about to get a beer. I'm talking to the people I'm with. Unless, and then I'll, and my, it's, if it's like the eighth, ninth inning, I'm like, all right, now, let me pay attention now. Let me see what the score is. I'm just, I'm just a, I love the game, man. Like, I'll go buy tickets to go watch Mike Trout play. You know, I oh, got yeah, this, of course. Cool, but, I got this cool host, which would be, I remember the greatest game I ever went to one with my dad, and we sat in right field, and it was against the Mariners. I was a kid. Alex Rodriguez was a shortstop. Ken Griffey was in center. Jay Buhner was in right. Jose Cruna was in left. John Over was at first. David Segui was at second. Uh, Paul Serrano was at third. 
and whoever else you Edgar Martinez was a DH and Randy Johnson was pitching, man. It was like the greatest game I ever that was watched. Like, yeah, that was a lot of uh, a lot of and talent on the field. <laughs> I remember watching that game and it was super, super cool to see that. I even got to see David Ortiz play in a he was with the twins and he hit a home run. I was crazy when I got to see that. I remember that game. Um, so base baseball, like it, it hits me to the core. Um, but there's just a lot of things that they have to address. And to me, it's become like a more pitcher friendly thing. Like if you're going to a baseball game, you've got to be interested in pitching is what it is. So it's like chicks dig the strikeout now, not the long. Both. Ball. It's both go. Cause think about it. It's either strikeout or home run, strikeout or home run. That's what they want. <laughs> They want they want it to be a strikeout or a home run. They don't want to see all this extra, you know, all oh, this and that in the third. Strikeout or home run. That's what they want. <laughs> so how do you think they can fix baseball to make it more appealing? What would be your answer to that? Uh the player, I think uh, so I, I don't know how their players is like a union and association is. Uh, but I feel like they there needs to be like they need to meet up. And they need to hash these, you know how they have the, the in December, they have all these meetings and stuff. The they need to really just sit down and talk about the game. Don't talk about because they talk about contracts and and uh you know, well revenues and stuff. Revenue, yeah, they talk about a lot of that stuff, which I understand. TV deals, I get I understand all that stuff. But at the end of the day, you want to you know watch your product, like talk about the product and bring in players from the past to be a part of that organ that the association. I don't I don't know who the president of the players association is. I don't know. I don't really you know, I don't I'm not that plugged in as far as that those details, but that's the kind of stuff that needs to be spoken about. B, they need to do a better job like I've always been on this. They need to do a better job like like featuring their best players, like really trying to build their their business on their like Mike Trout is the best player in baseball, right? I don't be seeing Mike Trout commercials. I don't see Mike Trout nowhere, right? I just see him on the Angel and they suck. <laughs> so it's like, oh, and now they talk about Otani all the time. They don't even talk about Trout. Albert no, Pujols just got Trout. batting like four hundred. Man, exactly, I love. I know. I love Trout. Like they just let Pujols Otani's go. Otani is just healthy now. They just mean. let pool holes go. They don't even. They, no one even talked about it. They talked about it for a day. Like we talked about Albert Pujols. They talked about it for less than a day. Like if if the if the if the the Packers cut Aaron Rodgers, that's two week story, right? Pujols just got just sent to the street, and no one talks about it. They they gotta do a better job building, talking, like boosting their stars. You know, like LeBron James, Steph. You know how it's a player league in in, in, in the NBA, right? And the NFL, it started to become a lot of a players' league. Hence, that's how Tom Brady forced his way out. That's why Russell Wilson was asking for a trade. Just you see a lot of players in the NFL starting to do that now, right? But NFL's product is just—it's just good. It's just—it's football, right? Baseball, they just got to do a better job, like just really promoting their stars. I think that will start once it's, once you—you you want your players to be like Mike Trout, right? You want if you can have all your players like Mike Trout, like that's who you need to build after. It'd be great, you know. He's gonna get you some stolen bases. He's gonna get you forty home runs. He's gonna bat three something. You know, he's gonna he's gonna be the best fielder. He's gonna do it. That's what you want to see. But they don't ever talk about him. Yeah. <laughs> so. so so the head of the players association is Tony Clark, who's a former first baseman in in baseball. He's wasn't a bad player. Um, and then you've got guys like Andrew Miller. Uh, I think Elvis Andrus and Max Scherzer are part of like the players association that are actively in the MLB. 
Because think so, about the NBA is Chris Paul, and then you have like Kyrie Irving and LeBron James. Those are the people who are in the. Those yeah. are big, like the All Star Game. Shout out to, to MLB doing that in, in Georgia as well. But the All Star Game got for the NBA was was hosted. They had all the money donated to HBCUs. They built that whole weekend for HBCUs. Specifically, Chris Paul came up with all of that, right? They need to have their best players in the Players Association. That's just how it's supposed to work. I'm going to listen to what Chris Paul got to tell me. I'm going to listen to what Dwayne Wade was was telling me. Max Scherz is a pretty good player, but... Yeah, but you know that as a baseball fan. But if I ask 10 people in the street right now who kind of watch baseball, three of them will know who Max Scherzer is. But I also think, like, you got to want to do that as well. True, true. Chris Paul is the man for that job, and he... Him and Cliff Paul could do that job by themselves, man. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's it's at least they have a baseball representation there as opposed to the NFL. I think the guy who runs the NFL PA has ever been in the NFL. Yeah. So that's there. It's it's a hard thing to say how they can make it more appealing to people. It really is. I think the young players are making it very appealing. Like they're super flashy, they're super cool, their which hair is, is great. Dope. Yes, which is great. Yeah. But like you know, just just last year. Like Tim Anderson, they're like, oh, how dare he does that? And they want to, they want to like throw the ball. Like problem. that. Who, I'm like, bro, can y'all just promote this, please? Like Tim Anderson is great for baseball. For real, bro. The best baseball players ever, they're black. I hate to say it. They're <laughs> black, bro. Babe Ruth. Did y'all know he was black? <laughs> yeah, apparently, apparently he has I'm black in the, in did the y'all team. know Babe Ruth is black, guys. Babe Ruth is black. So we got <laughs> the home run leaders, Babe Ruth. Barry Bonds, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron, <laughs> Hank like Aaron. The, best. the best, man. And I mean, don't my Latin connection, they're great too. Don't get me wrong, but like black black baseball is is it. That's the thing, is you got to appeal to the black market too. So it's hard to to try and get that back to being appealing because then you become like whitewash, is what they say. You become the Oreo. Because yeah. like think about it, Kyler Murray, great example. He had a choice. Starting quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals or play play for the Oakland A's. He could Ninth be- overall pick with a $4.5 million contract already signed. He was driving. This is why I don't like Kyler Murray. This is why I kind of hate Kyler Murray. He was driving a green Lambo to practice exactly. at Oklahoma. Fuck Kyler Murray. Man. And he was like, you know what? I'm gonna go get this football money instead. Because I could be I could be first overall, but I went first round ninth pick by the A's. First overall quarterback is going to get you paid a lot of money, but you have to be see the money. baseball, baseball money. You got to be good to get that money. <laughs> you got to be cream of the crop good. We got Kirk Cousins making guaranteed eighty four million dollars. <laughs> I just, I just don't think his agent was strong enough to be like, "I'll take baseball over football if you can make me come up to the majors in X amount of time." And or and they would have just found a way for him to do both, like like Dion. Now, like that will make think about it. Dion, what Dion did for baseball in the nineties is crazy. He found mm-hmm. a way to do both. <laughs> that's that's what needs to happen again. When's the yeah. last time we saw a Dion or Bo Jackson happen? It's been a very long time. Yeah, a long time. So there has to be some kind of player that is very good at both sports. Dion was Dion excelled at baseball. He really yeah. was. He was more of a defensive player and a good base runner, but he got some big hits. I remember yeah. he got some with the Braves and with the Yankees that were really good. But that's Russell, Russell Wilson, they, he tried, but 
they just kind of made it hard for him to want to do it. <laughs> I think that's how we can. I think that's how we can improve it. Is bringing another player that plays another sport into it, like like they did back in when Dion and Bo did. It would have. Right? I mean, it would have to be football. It would have. I mean, because you know, fo- the thing about football, you play on Sunday. Point yeah. blank period. You might have a Thursday game, blah blah blah. But season is from is from September towards the end of the baseball season till you know till February, and then you have all from April to at least August, where you can have that guy featured, you know, three three times a week, three or four times a week. We can have a Russell Wilson play or a Colin Murray play. Like there's there's a there's ways around it. I mean that would be that would be a good way. Get somebody a polarizing player. That's what they tried with Tim Tebow, but Tim Tebow just sucked. <laughs> Jameis. Jameis was a closer at Florida Jame, State. Yeah, Jame, yeah. I remember I was watching – I remember back when uh, he was in college. I was like, damn, he played baseball too? Damn. That, but that's the conditioning sport. Yeah. I did – I played football for baseball. Yeah. <laughs> so I did it opposite. But that's – I mean, that's – that's that'd be a good thing to do. Re, if we can bring a guy like Otani into the game, I think doing dual sports would be another one to be very, very interesting as well. Sure. There's got to be something to make it more appealing to people. So, for sure, for sure. All right, let's wrap up the show, man. We have one more segment, our fun segment that we like to do at the very end of the show. Uh, since Mr. Germain, Germain Cole, Germain <laughs> <laughs> uh, is going to play in Rwanda now for the Africa Basketball Association. Let's get it. Uh, I'm happy for him, man. He's saying he's going to hang it up. He's saying he doesn't have a problem hanging it up. And and following his dream because we all know Jay Cole is a baller. We all know he's a baller and he can he can play. We've seen him at the All Star games. We see him go toe to toe with KD in them in them little courts that they have in the upstairs and like the twelfth floor of the New York. Where every play. single it's like the best basketball games are played there. It was like everyone everyone gets buckets in there. <laughs> Jay Cole is always invited, man. He has yeah. that respect. So they know. Mm-hmm. So. KK and I thought it would be fun to make a list of our starting five that we would have. Maybe a bench if KK wants to throw some bench players in there. I did a just, starting five. I did a starting five, and I just had like an honorable mention as my bench player. That's okay. Uh, I didn't give him a, I didn't give him a, you know, a list of what it had to be. I I was imagining we would just do artists, but I mean we can go from there, I guess. You did. You want me to go? All right. All right so go? I'm gonna start. Uh, my point guard, and I don't know what these dudes were thinking on Bleacher Report when they put little Baby or Jack Harlow out there to team up with Two Chains and uh, Quavo. But little Dirk is my point guard. Little Dirk, Dirk is ball. Damn, Dirk I, was is hoping, ball. I was hoping you didn't know that. <laughs> oh, bro, I, Dirk is one of my favorite artists, man. Dirk one of my favorite artists, so I'd be paying attention to Dirkio and all them boys uh, at OTF. So Dirkio's running my point. My shooting guard has definitely got to be Mr. Quavo, man. This boy is the new face of basketball for rappers now. Yeah. Uh, small four, we're going to put Mr. Uh, Jermaine Cole out of St. John's out there. Power forward, I had to think about this really quick, but I do remember this guy that used to ball. He was a rapper. He hit it big. His son could ball. I know he's. I know he's gonna say. Came in in tanks. I'm putting Master P out there for my power forward. I got you. I got you. And then my center, I'm putting Titty Boy out there to run it since the motherfucker's like six eight, six seven. He's only like six four. Okay. Six really? Four. I thought he's bigger than that. He's six four. He's, he's uh, six four. All right, Mr. Hype Man over here. So <laughs> that's my starting five that I came up with. 
right. So I don't know if y'all know. Um, this boy that can ball, he's an RB singer. Chris Brown, that man is a hooper. Okay. Look it up. Chris Brown is my so what I did, I did, you know how we were talking about baseball being like just weird and stuff. Basketball's become weird too, it's positionless. So my team is kind of positionless. They all they can all do you know different things. So I got Chris Breezy. He's assembled the monsters and Chris. I have. This is definitely monsters. Then, then he might slap the shit out of you right afterwards. So hey, he gonna be tough. He gonna be tough. Uh, I got Quavo, of course. You gotta have Quavo. That boy's a hooper. I got Dirk too. I don't even listen to Dirk's music like that. But as a hooper, I'm like, yo, this dude can play. <laughs> I like Dirk. Um, I gotta have Jermaine. That's like that's my boy, my boy, my boy, my boy. Oh, Jermaine. And then my not my stretch five kind of player, the game. The game is a hooper. If we're playing on the blacktop, my team's gonna beat your team's ass because the game gonna whoop everyone's ass. Chris Brown gonna whoop somebody's ass. <laughs> there are gonna be a lot of red bandanas and guns around. Exactly. Team, so. J. Cole's 6'4. The game's like 6'5. Like, I got an athletic team. I got some dirt guy handles. Chris Breezy is, a, is like a, is like Russell Westbrook kind of player. And then Quavo, you know, he's smooth. He's got a jump shot. Everything's beautiful with it, right? And then I had like an honorable mention. He he's not gonna he he might not we might not put him in a game. He he's kind of like the uh the, the white mamba. What's his name? Uh, Brian Scalabrini. Brian Scalabrini. Where you will put him in it because you know he's good. For beats? Me, man. I got Adam Sandler. Adam Sandler. <laughs> Adam Sandler is maybe not be the best basketball player. But I see he is in every pickup game, every pickup game playing against anybody. He got some passes. I want him on my on, on the bench just at least to be there. And we're gonna threaten to put him in, right? And then my coach is gonna be Master P. <laughs> no I couldn't have this roster without without Master P. Two chains is kind of unorthodox to me, honestly. <laughs> yeah. He do smoke a lot, though. Exactly. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. That's, that's not a bad team, man. I like the Adam Sandler pick. Justin, Justin Bieber can ball too. Bieber can ball too. Bieber, that's what I, I was I was looking at Chris Brown and Bieber. I was like, nah, I'm gonna give it to Brown. <laughs> I just can't have, I just can't have I'm like torn on Bieber though. Like, I like him and I don't. And then there's his hair in this new video. I'm like, what's going the on? The hair, yeah. He got a little, like, I was like, what man. are you? You you a solo guy? You we like, literally man. watch this man grow this, this man, this boy, whatever. This, we, we just watch this kid grow up though, for real. Like, baby, baby, baby. That was 10 years ago. And now look at him. That's <laughs> man, but that's our show. Uh, you can find us on Twitter at fair underscore weather pod, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, the fair weather podcast, and wherever you subscribe to podcasts, you can find us there. I got nothing to add. Good show, and uh, tune in. <laughs> yeah, man, I mean, keep celebrating your birthday to the end of the week. I hope you have a great I rest said day. until end of tourist season. End of tour season. Of course. <laughs> Once Gemini season start, it's not my birthday no more. I don't. I don't. I don't identify with the Gemini's. I'm a, don't, a tourist do through the, and through. He doesn't. He doesn't run on the month long celebration. But no, no, no. Just tour season. That's all. <laughs> that's the show, man. Peace. All right, peace. <laughs>